Hey, it's Mark Striegel, and we are back with another edition of Talking Rock, rounding out the summer here. Joey Haney is with me. How are you, man? I'm doing good this morning, Mark. How about yourself? I'm I'm doing good, too. It is August 29th when we are recording this, and they just had uh, the VMAs, the Video Music Awards, MTV's Video Music Awards, right by my house here, like literally like 15-minute drive from my house, if that, um, in Newark, New Jersey, at the Prudential Center. Oh, so you could see the, you could see the ass from your house, I bet. I don't even know what that means. What, <laughs> what's the ass? I didn't watch it, so I, I've, I've, was there well, a big the, ass? The thing that's making, or, or just everyone yeah, has big yeah, asses now? I, or, no, 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 like, uh, sorry to interrupt, but, uh, yeah, the, the big thing right now, and I actually backed this, it was, it was a good performance was um the hip-hop artist lizzo okay Uh, she's having a big year this year and she had a giant inflatable ass on stage much in the same way that Hmm. the stones and the beastie boys had an inflatable dick back in the day right she had a giant inflatable ass you could see from the back of the place it was it was tremendous actually (laughs) so that that was my little gag there well i i I didn't actually watch it um I, I would have, but I was actually uh, I was doing some some jamming with I I, I I guess I've joined a band I don't know uh, we'll we'll see what happens so we were rehearsing on on Monday evening um, which which is uh, which is fun it's uh, uh, it's a whole nother story but it, nothing too exciting but anyways back to the VMAs uh, yeah so I missed it I didn't I didn't watch it. I would have liked if I was home. I would have liked to watch it because uh, you know I, I I like watching these these shows and the VMAs back in the the '90s were always a big part of my life. I I used to go to the VMAs and get to go to the the pre party or the post parties at Bryant Park and it was really a, a big uh, event. And I'm glad it still goes on the VMAs. You know, I, I I hear everybody though on Twitter and social media just complaining about it you know and i i have different thoughts you know it's like it's like people are like oh my god the ratings were the lowest uh they've been in ever and you know only 1.93 million people watched it which sounds like a lot of people to me but um and it, people are like, well, if they only put rock music back on the VMAs, it would have done better. And I, I don't know if that's true. I mean, what are your thoughts on the the Eddie Trunk and everyone else on on Twitter just complaining about the VMAs not having rock music and saying that might be because they don't have rock music? Well, I mean, it's it is a valid argument. I mean, people are definitely making a career out of it right now, for sure. But. Uh, I mean, you're not going to change a big corporate dialogue. I mean, so, I mean, I appreciate the sentiment and everything, but, you know, I just think that if they wanted to do it, they would do it. And, you know, those old shows, I loved the VMAs growing up when I was a kid. Yeah, like, me too. Yeah. You know, I can remember, I can remember the first award show. I, I watched it. They used to like even rerun. If you remember this, they used to rerun the video awards on syndication like on NBC back in the 80s uh, and I used to watch those because I didn't have MTV until 1987 uh, but of course once I got it like they used to hype the VMAs for the entire summer and it was the biggest you know it was definitely the biggest party of the summer it would be like that thing you do right before you go back to school and that's what you would talk about right at the beginning of school it was huge 
and it was all encompassing and it, they were better shows then. Uh, I think if, if I may uh, quote John Hind, it, I think it jumped the shark probably around the early two thousands, if not like 1999, somewhere around there. Right. Uh, because they would have these moments where it wasn't planned. And those are the moments that people would start to talk about. Like uh, Dice Clay is a good example of that. Uh, getting banned from the show for doing the material he supposedly wasn't supposed to do. Now, I read the MTV book. There's even conflictions as to whether or not someone just said, go ahead and do it, you know, because it'll be a, it'll be controversial and people will talk about it. So once those things started happening, I think they started what I called controlled chaos, where it would seem like stuff was unplanned, but it was completely, probably totally planned. And then they started to thrive on it. I think the Kanye West Taylor Swift thing was absolutely planned from day one. So there's my conspiracy theory. But yeah, I think it went from an all encompassing show to like shock television. Um, but going back, to, sorry, I, I did kind of a wiki entry there. Sorry, right, no. but going back to your original question. I mean, yeah, I mean, you go back and watch like a good example would probably be like, you know, 92 or something like that, where you still had like, you know, 80s sunset strip type artists a little bit still uh, bubbling in there. At least you had like a Def Leppard. Yeah, I think Queensryche like won the, the viewer's choice in 92, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, somewhere around there. 91, 92, Van Halen, Queensryche, Def Leppard. Nirvana was coming in, Chili Peppers, you know, all those things. There was R&B, there was hip-hop. Everybody was kind of there. And, you know, even going around to, like, in 1984, 1985, and seeing was on those shows. Like, there was a lot of good variety there. So it's it's a good old day syndrome, but I do appreciate the sentiment that it would be nice if there were some representation for all genres. But MTV doesn't play all genres anymore. They never right. played well, all Well, there's a, there's a few things there. that I'd like to point out. MTV is always evolved and they they there's a great interview with tom freston who founded uh mtv on if you get the serious xm app on your phone you can get it on demand it's done by bill flanagan and he, he it's real fascinating and, and mtv has always evolved they they are targeting a demographic of teenagers and and people you know in their 20s and uh, under the age of 26 and Let's face it, people under the age of 26 don't listen to rock music, the most of them, you know, uh, they just don't. I mean, I just saw Cage the, uh, what did they call Cage the Elephant? And, yeah. you know, there were some younger kids there, which I liked seeing, but still it was like, you know, uh, 50 to 60% old people. But most of these shows I go to are, it's, it's. 80 to 100% old people, you know? It's like it's like so so MTV is is the demographic does not like rock music. So for them to put rock music on it, I think is a little silly. So I defend them for doing whatever the hell they want to do. And here's the thing, like, you know, Eddie Trunk crying about, you know, there's no rock music on it and other people saying, "Oh, they it's did so poorly 1.93 million viewers okay and that is better than the tonys you know and the tonys was on uh you, you know a, a network uh like a you know yeah. nbc or something so 
MTV yeah. got better ratings for their thing than the Tonys, better than the Billboard Awards. And you have to remember, cable television ratings are lower and lower and lower every single year. The Nelson way of tracking viewers, people don't even have cable. People are cutting the cord. People don't watch TV. It's all streaming, Netflix and and Amazon Prime and social media and YouTube. And guess what? The VMAs, the content that they put online, it was up 85% from last year. So the socials and the yeah. online versions of the 2019 VMAs are through the roof. And that's just how people consume content now. So I, I, I think anybody talking about, well, it needs to, they need to get rock back on it. No. What, do I think we need a rock award show? I mean, we have, we have country, we have the Tonys, we have the, the video music awards, which has nothing to do with rock. Yeah. I think there's a big market for somebody to finance and put together a a rock music, uh, award show each year. Um, I think that would be amazing. Um, yeah. And and there's been some good rock videos this year. Like they still make music videos. And I think that's one of the arguments that people should latch onto because it almost kind of sounds like an angry old man, like what happened to my rock music, but they should point out the artists that are actually making an effort and still putting in some money to make a memorable video. Like, you know, an obvious example is dance macabre by ghost. It was a really fun video. Right. You would think that that yeah. would be MTV very well cast. Me, yeah. But it wasn't. Yeah, right. but it wasn't. And yeah, but, but really, really okay. Video, so that's um, a great video, but you can't put that like, First of all, MTV's playing very little music videos. They do do some. People are like they don't right. play them at all. They do do some. But if you're you can't yeah. you can't put a ghost, you know, music video in with with all this hip hop and pop and stuff. It's just people are people that's not what people are watching MTV for. So I think there's a a, a major um hole in the content or television market for uh you know, and I I think there's a, I don't know what, a void, is, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And and that, that somebody, if they would step up to the plate, could really get some viewers and, and benefit from doing some rock programming, some heavy metal programming, some hard rock programming, just rock in general. I mean, and... and YouTube, YouTube should totally, since they're in the live game now and the, yeah. the series game, they should totally book an award show that's... Not, I'm not say rock encompassing, but like something that's more like the old VMAs, right? And uh, you know, be good competition. Yeah, so I agree. I, I back that completely. So I agree. Yeah. I agree. So I always liked videos. I'm I'm from the video generation, so I do I'm too. Always gonna love videos. You know, like you know, there's some people that don't even care about music videos that are slightly older than us, but you know, I, it's always been a big thing for me. And I remember a long time. I think it was. Somebody in Motley that was like, you have a single out and there's no video. It's like there's something missing nowadays. And that's right. just the way it is now. Yeah. So uh, I always know, look for video from a single. But I just hate it when people are like, oh, MTV, they should play music videos again now. And VH1 should play music videos. Well, the reason they stopped playing music videos is because you, not you, Joey, but the, the consumer yeah. stopped <laughs> watching them. So... This is a multi-million, billion-dollar company. They have to, you know, uh, ad- adapt and adjust. So they put on reality shows, and those were able to 
help them keep the lights on. And they, you know, and so I, I really never point to MTV and say, you're the bad guys. I point to the consumer who decided that they were done watching music videos or even that, they, you know, now it's so easy. You just go on YouTube and watch a music video whenever, whenever you want. So it, it's not it's not something that's exclusive to that MTV could have as, as an exclusive anymore, you know? So, I mean, the times change and anyone who's like complaining about the, the VMAs, I think just ends up sounding like an old grouchy man, which listen, we're all getting older and I get it, but you, you got to try to think about the youth and, and what it means to be younger and, and still approach life with, uh, being able to accept new ideas and and accept change, which is what is always happening, you know, change. I did yeah. I did find I mean, this is this is an audience. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, what were, I didn't. Yeah, go ahead. I so said this is an audience that thinks that Beyonce is getting long in the tooth, and that's not anything that's even any remote reality for people like us, right? <laughs> so there's there's that thing to consider like she's like one of the elder statesmen right now in oh, that yeah. audience. she's in her 40s man so. i remember when mick jagger <laughs> yeah. turned 40 i couldn't believe it i was like that guy is freaking old i remember when lemmy turned 50 i was like holy cow man that now that yeah. is freaking old 50 who who the hell who the hell is gonna be i'm gonna be 50 this year so it's like but I remember as a guy in my 20s just being shocked that Lemmy had turned 50. Like, that was, that was, that was some fucked up shit, Lemmy turning 50. You know, so, so yeah, you got you to gotta remember what, what, uh, what it's like to, to be somebody in their youth. And, and listen, the, the 20-somethings, despite what you may, might heard, they, they, they buy things, you know, and it's all about advertising. So, so I, I said give MTV a break. If you don't like it, don't watch it. You know, that's that's uh, that's yeah. what's happening. Um, so Old Town Road, in my opinion, the biggest song of the year, won the best song of the year during the VMAs. I did watch a little clip of that. Do you know this song? Oh, yeah, I'm familiar with the whole culture of this song. And I didn't know it. I didn't even know what it won best video. So I'm Yeah, not- no, it was best song, I guess. But I didn't realize that, you know, when I first started listening to this and my kids were so into it, it's. I mean, you probably know this. It's a Nine Inch Nails song. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's an interesting. Uh, it's definitely the cultural musical story of the year. I mean, with the whole controversy, whether the CMAs want to include it or not, and even country radio has been having a hard time adding it. Right. And of course, it didn't make it on the surface. Billy Ray Cyrus actually had to get involved um, and make it okay, which. That's a sentence that I didn't think would come out of my mouth in 2019. But, right. Uh, yeah, it's it's a big to do right now. So yeah, go ahead with uh, what you were gonna mention. Yeah, I, I just it's if you go the Trent Reznor did a Nine Inch Nails record called Ghosts. Uh, it had like a gazillion yeah. songs on it, instrumental. And one of those yeah. songs on that record, I mean, if you go and listen to it, it is Old Town Road. So basically, they're just singing over top of it. But the melody, the most of the melodies and stuff are right from that Nine Inch Nails song. And of course, Trent Reznor is one of the uh, three or four songwriters listed on the song Old Town Road, which good for him, man. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, what I imagine happened was they just took his song and 
were working on it in the studio and then had to clear it with him. So I hope he got a good chunk of change for this, which I'm sure he did. Um, and it's also interesting. Oh, it also, it's probably got to be, it's probably got to be like at a billion streams, like on yeah. all formats right now. So it, legit. So yeah, know, and... he'll, he'll make a nice couple of hundred bucks off of that. Nice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then Miley Cyrus, uh, covering, uh, Head, head like a hole, right? Have you heard that? I haven't heard that. Yeah, <laughs> and part of the Black Mirror, and she plays this like rock star in this uh, show, Black Mirror, one of the episodes. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, and they they, they cover the the she covers like just a pop version of Head Like a Hole. So there you go, the Cyrus connection with uh, with Trent Reznor, <laughs> kind of <laughs> interesting. <laughs> But what else is going on? What do you, what's uh, what's up on your end there? Um, well, you know, uh, and Brian, just to close out the MTV thing real quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for there's there's a lot of people that do like the the sling and the uh, and the, all those other things. You know, the the new devices that that are cheaper. Right. So on uh, on the, uh, the on the Roku, MTV actually has all these new channels on it. They have a ton of stuff on Roku. Do they? Okay. Uh, cool. They show like. They show like '90s programming. You can pretty much watch Beavis and Butthead almost like 24 hours a day, and the Hills and all that kind of right, stuff. Right. And they have three or four music video channels on there. Cool. But this will break some people's hearts. Like, ooh, video channels. And then you go in there, and it's all basically their newer modern programming. So you can actually watch videos 24 hours a day. Wow, that's cool. If you okay. have Roku, right? But it's all new stuff. Like there's right. there's one that's more R&B and hip hop based. And there's one that's like pop. But there is no old stuff on there, so buyer beware. But if you want to stay current and watch MTV as if they were still doing a twenty four seven no variety music channel, then try it on the Roku and see what you think. It, that's that's how you're going to catch up at least with the kids. So there's my little public service there. Right on. Um, since we were talking about old versus new, I figured I'd bring this up. I've been wanting to talk about this with you a little bit, Mark. Do you ever? I, I, I'm definitely more of a Sirius XM guy. We talked about this earlier. I right. love Sirius XM and podcasts, of course. But occasionally I'll hit up the terrestrial radio, like if I'm just going down to the store, literally the corner store, not too far of a drive, but a little bit too far of a walk. Right. So I don't plug everything in. I just uh, just leave the regular radio on in the car. And everybody, every town's got a local oldies radio station. And, you know, as we get older, we kind of veer over there. And, and I always did actually listen to the oldie station as a kid. If I had a job and they had a radio station inside of it, we could at least play the oldie station as a way of listening to rock music at least. So, I mean, over it, this has been an over 20, 25 year journey for me, but it's gone from like, not just Beatles stones, but like, you know, Jay and the Americans and the turtles and, and Paul Revere and stuff like that. And now it seems to me, and I'm assuming this is happening in every town, right. your oldie station is now playing pretty much predominantly 80s with some 70s sprinkled in there, but you have to be like Queen or Fleetwood Mac or yep. something like that. Um, so I'm assuming this is going on in your town, and this is just one of those other things that we're just getting old, but it's weird hearing your love by the outfield and even the stuff all the way up to like Don't Speak by No Doubt. Yeah. I legit heard yeah, those that's songs the, on yeah, my that's the oldies oldies stuff now. And I mean, the sad thing okay. about this is that, I mean, and like you said, on, on Sirius, you have, you know, 60s on 6 and those older stations like that. But the sad thing about this is, 
and you've seen this with Elvis. We've maybe even spoken with this, but you know, Buddy Holly and, yeah. and these these artists yeah. are uh, have disappeared. Where it's when I was a kid, yeah, we could listen to the oldie station and 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 hear all that original rock and roll, which a lot of it was so good. But Bill Haley and the Comets, you know, stuff like that, and yeah. and the fast Domino, yeah, the, Little Richard. There's no outlet for this stuff this, this stuff is completely vanished from terrestrial radio uh and and the, the younger generation is not exposed to the roots of rock and roll and the beginning of rock and roll and and you know and i guess that's just how time works i mean you probably could point to the to the movies and say you know the same thing ab- about uh, classic movies but uh yeah man it's uh Again, it's just change, you know. But I, I, uh, I hear exactly what you're saying. Yeah, and it's weird because I'm not, I'm not here to bash the '80s. I'm a, I'm a child of the '80s. I freaking oh, yeah. love the '80s. So you'll, you'll find almost no bigger fan of the decade than me, you know. And I, I dig all the, the little reference stuff that we have going on right now, Stranger Things and whatnot. But man, yeah, I just, I am sad about the exact same thing, like. I don't think that it's nice that we have the Sirius XM option, but not everybody right. has it or slash can afford it. Right. Uh, so you have to really be active in being able to find, you know, the people that built the wheels of rock and roll. And it's too bad because the thing that I think about is what exactly what happened in the seventies when there were a handful of kids that were sick of the hippie stuff and like post hippie stuff. And they started listening to 50s music again. They, they, they took their parents' records, and they became punk rock bands. Right. So I think that we're going to miss out on that kind of a revivalist era with the deletion of oldies from terrestrial radio because it's not there for them to discover anymore. You can, almost, you can hope that maybe that they catch an artist on YouTube, but I don't think the stuff that they're dialing in is going to recommend you know, like a Fats Domino or a Little Richard record, you'd have to like, I don't know how you get into that on the web, you know, as far as like going on that journey right. with the suggestions, you know, mm-hmm. I just don't see it happening. It's really, and it's really sad. Cause like I said, they're, you know, the way punk rock came about and even stuff like Sha Na Na, which I love, you know, referencing those decades before taking something that your old man did and making it edgier. Right. And that's exactly yeah. how punk rock was was given birth to. So I just that I just don't see it getting past this, you know, you know, auto tune era, you know, synth era of pop music. I just don't see any kind of revivalist movement. I mean, it's rock and roll is so underground right now that rock and roll is punk rock and indie and all that stuff. So right. I guess it's just going to have to remain a speakeasy at this point, and you have to become an archaeologist to find best rock bands of the now or go to a lot of european festivals i guess is one of the other ways to do it but yeah that's really affordable right right i hear you yeah uh... sorry i'm laying a lot of track here uh sorry no 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 it's all good it's all good it's all good cool so any concerts coming up joey um i'm gonna try to go to maine i think i'm gonna finally oh cool cool say yes i'm gonna i'm gonna go to the main show i'm gonna have to go stag probably because the tickets are so expensive and are they you know but I, I'm sure my wife would be willing to go, but right. for her medium interest, I don't think it's worth the concert ticket price. So right, and it's right. cool. We, you know, we, we do that sometimes. It's no indication of anything. I can't think of any club shows that are coming up that I'd want to go to. It seems like nobody that I want to see is coming through. I'm super excited about the 
Foo Fighters, Weezer, Tenacious D tour. Okay. But no, not even close at this point. Um, well, have have they announced that? Online. Like, are the dates announced for that? Yeah, they are. Okay. There's there's about a dozen there's about a dozen U.S. dates, but yeah, it's it's all like you know either Super East Coast or West Coast or Midwest. Nothing mm-hmm. in the South. Oh, okay. Um, but but yeah, I saw the Foozer tour, which is what it was called, the Foo Fighters Weezer co-headline tour, like in 05 or 06 or something. Mm-hmm. And that's still one of the best shows I've ever seen. Like it was right. just a hits fest. And oh. I would love to be able to relive that again. So I hope that tour does make it around here. If it comes to your town, definitely make a point. Yeah, I I, uh, I like the Foo Fighters a lot. I, and I've only I've only seen. Um them twice i saw their first show in new york city way way back when and then i saw them at madison square garden in 2007 uh but yeah i mean you know this is this is the issue like this is the first i'm hearing about this tour so it's like it's like uh yeah here here we go um wow there's only let's see so 20th what where I got, I'm on their website and there's they don't even have the dates up for it yet. Was it like just yeah, announced? I, I thought I saw some leaked. Yeah, I saw some leaked dates the other day, so maybe that'll maybe that's what I was looking at. I know that they were strictly doing South America just at one point. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe I maybe I pre uh, called that, but I was starting to see some dates leak out. So okay. I guess maybe nothing's official. Right, but that thing is that's a money that's a money tour. It needs to happen again, and I I think the first time I don't think as many people appreciated it. It was one of the it's it's the best stage the Foo Fighters ever did. They had like a thirty foot tall junk heap of old amps. Right, and I don't really see a lot of footage of this floating around. They didn't have a DVD for it or anything, but it was from the In Your Honor tour, and it was great. And the other thing about having Weezer out with them is that they had this little nightly joke where, uh, spoiler, if they do this again this year, but it happened 15 years ago, uh, Foo Fighters still to this day don't like and refuse to play Big Me uh, because when they first did it on their tours, they would get pelted with Mentos legitimately. People would bring them to the show and Rocky Horror it, you know. Uh, so they stopped playing it, but when, when they did the Weezer tour, Weezer actually would close their set every night leading up to the Foo Fighters with their cover of Big Me. Oh, really? So, wow. Wow. It was a neat little handshake into the set, and uh, I, I just thought, and, and Dave would pretend to be mad about it later on. It was pretty great. So right on, uh, yeah, stuff like that. So another reason why everybody should see that show. I'm assuming they'll hopefully do the same bit. If uh, be nice, it'd be funny to see like Foo Fighters cover a Weezer song or something. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I always liked some one. of those like, Foo, those oh, Foo did, Fighter covers. Yeah, when I saw them on that tour, they were doing "Born on the Bayou." Uh, by CCR and it was wow. awesome so like just the nice little grab bag and I have their covers album they did a compilation of all of their popular covers like on one album oh um, did they okay like a... alright man so until next time let's uh, maybe uh, end it here with, with some music what are you thinking Joey Foo Fighters Weezer yeah let's uh, let's put let, uh, I'll, I'll pick something I think you'll like from the uh, Foo Fighters cover album from a few years ago <laughs> Yeah, I love that Baker Street uh, cover they did. That was great. But let's let's do something else. Give me something else. All right, we'll we'll give you we'll give you a nice surprise to throw in here at the end. So all right, you'll have man. to tune in to find out. 
All right. And I did want to mention, I had somebody say, tell me they're having a hard time finding Talking Rock on iTunes. If you happen to be listening to this on the player on TalkingRock.net or through uh, CNJ Radio, um, you can find it on iTunes. You just need to put in Talking Rock Joey or Talking Rock Mark, and it, it tends to come right up if you add one of our names to it. Um, but I think it's just that the the two words, talking and rock, are so prevalent that yeah. it, it gets lost. But if you add one of our names to it, uh, Mark or, or Joey, it, it does come up in the search section on uh, Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Indeed, yeah. Talking Rock with Mark and Joey is the way to go. Yep. Cool. All right, man. Well, until next time, uh, be well, and uh, I'll talk to you real soon. Yeah. All right, man. Mark, have a good day. All right. I knew a girl named Nikki. I guess you could say she was a sex fiend. I met her in a hotel lobby, masturbating with a magazine. She said, how'd you like to waste some time? And I could not resist when I saw little Nikki crying. She took me to a castle and I just couldn't believe my eyes. She had so many devices, everything that money could buy. Nikki started to grind <laughs> Castle started spinning Or maybe it was my brain I can't tell you what you did to me But my body will never be the same No mercy, but she'll shout up, shout up, show you how to grind. Woke up the next morning, Nikki wasn't there. I looked all over and all I found was phone number on the stairs. It said, Thank you for the fucking time. Call me up whenever you want to grind